Hey everyone, this is Richard from We Talk Issues, and today I'm with a personal friend, Gage Riddle. Gage, talk about yourself. What's up, dog? I am, uh, I, some say I'm to the right of Genghis Khan. Uh, I'd like to think I'm more close to a moderate conservative, but conservative nonetheless. Yeah, when me and Luke decided to first originally start this podcast, we wanted to make a big habit of having people from all across the political spectrum on, and I would say this is probably our least echo chambery episode we've had yet, so I'm really excited for this. We're going to talk about uh, just a, bun- a mishmash of a bunch of things. You guys will... You, you'll, you'll guys get the picture of what we're talking about, but yeah, Gage is a great friend of mine. We've known each other for many years, and but at the same time, we're about to kill each other, so that's a pretty odd character dynamic. Yeah, i got to say, I'm honored. Yeah. Okay, debate me, bro. Okay, let's uh, let's um, let's start on what would you like to do the honors of introducing the topic because I know you're particularly interested in this. I'm, I am really interested in the uh, power shift, or at least the temporary single night power shift in the uh, uh, stock market. It's a uh, Absolutely insane that a bunch of guys from Reddit, I think the name, the username of the guy who started it was like Thick Daddy 69 <laughs> or something. Uh, he uh, got a bunch of other Redditors together and overthrew the hedge funds, cost a lot of people a lot of money, and did it 100% legally. And that is so badass. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know Reddit's a very powerful social force. A lot of social movements, both good and bad, have been... You know, I've cut leaked from Reddit in the past few years, and yeah, I mean, what what I, I'm pretty uninformed about this topic, to be completely honest. Is there any other thing you want to bring up about it? Um, well, basically, the gist of it was that the hedge funds were shorting GameStop because mm-hmm. they knew GameStop, and no offense to GameStop, is a failing company in the day of digital media mm-hmm. because physical media just doesn't sell very well anymore, at least not on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were shorting the stock and I think the stock got as low as I think $4 a share. So we had guys who were investing, uh, Redditors who were investing like, I think the the highest estimate was like $6,000 and I'm not great at math. So I don't know what, how many shares that is, but he ended up cashing out at 10 million and the shorting actually ended up costing the hedge funds a lot more money than that guy ever made. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how this is going to affect the future of the stock market. Do you have any insights on that, or is it just anyone's guess? I think that shorting is going to be regulated now, yeah. uh, definitely, because... GameStop have no, had no right to get, to, to get this big in such yeah, a short honestly, period of time. Yeah, honestly, they were on their way out the door, and they went from a, in my opinion, failing company mm-hmm. to... A Fortune 500 company in the matter of, I think, like six hours, Mm -hmm. which was unprecedented and mind-boggling. Not to mention the government and hedge funds have kind of a hand-in-each-other's-pants relationship. And the government (laughs) does not want to see the hedge funds fail because the hedge funds make the government even more money. And and the more you uh, tax uh, high-earning individuals... It's going to get them even more money, which we'll touch on later how I feel about that. Alrighty. Okay, then. So I think this is the big enchilada of this entire podcast. 
basically the Trump presidency. You know, on the podcast, me and my guests have historically, we've talked a bunch of smack, mostly justified smack against Donald Trump and his presidency, and to a lesser extent, a lot of his supporters. Um, but so this is the first time in our podcast we actually have a major MAGA guy on. For those who didn't know, spoiler: Gage is, is someone who's to the right of Genghis Khan. He is very much a MAGA individual. USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he loves America so much, but he's Matt. He wants to make it great. And yeah, so this is our. It's such a unique opportunity. The fact that I that we actually have a MAGA guy on here, so. Yeah, we're about to go at each other's throats, so buddy. Yeah, man. Let's uh, take yeah, yeah. Colleagues. Okay, okay. T- tell me, why do you overall approve of Trump's administration? Okay, so I don't want to get it misconstrued. I think Trump is an absolute asshole. He's a douchebag. 100%. I think he did some things that really improved the economy. He got our unemployment down really low. I don't know the exact estimates, but... A lot lower than the past few presidents were able to, and a hell of a lot lower than Biden's doing right now. Um, you know, 900,000 jobs in a disappeared um, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and uh, But I think he did a great job at helping to stimulate the economy up until the pandemic started. You can't really hold the pandemic's repercussions on Trump. Could it have been handled better? Probably but do I think that if Hillary had won in 2016, she would have handled it better? Hell no. Um, other things I like that he did, he did cut uh, taxes on corporations. I know that's kind of a... Uh, it's it's a unique thing. Because in one, on one hand, it's good. People are getting more of their own hard-earned money. But on the other hand, less money goes into the economy, uh, or at least the tax revenue for that. Um, I like the fact that he's preserving private businesses' rights, although I think it's absolutely awful to turn away business to like a gay gay couple or something like that. I feel like when you own a private business, you should be the sole proprietor of how your business is ran. I don't think that the government should be able to say, no, this thing that you don't believe in, you have to support it now. It doesn't make sense to me. Okay, uh, let's stop on the topic of, you know, basically anti-discrimination laws in the workplace or as they pertain to private businesses. I assume the big one you're referring to is the, you know, uh, the uh, the bakery incident. Yeah, the, with the, the gay wedding cake. Yeah. You know, okay, you're making the argument that, you know, in the, yeah, I disagree with the discrimination, but at the same time, you should have the right to discriminate that way, you know, Similar to how a lot of people view free speech, would you mm-hmm. say that's a fair characterization? Yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. Okay, well, I do disagree with that because when you look at it's very much different from free speech. Free speech, you say what you want, you put your opinions out there, they either sink or succeed. Mm-hmm. When it comes to actively discriminating in terms of conducting com- commerce in, mm-hmm. a, in a business... You're actively preventing people from a, from participating in the economy based on arbitrary characteristics. Like, yeah, you're gay, so what? Still bake the person a cake, you know? The thing was, it was a uh, Christian fundamentalist bakery mm-hmm. in a town that had several bakeries that didn't have the same extreme views. And I will say a Christian fundamentalist is an extreme view. Um they could have gone to any bakery. And it wasn't the fact that they were gay. 
do I think that if they walked in and they were like, we want a birthday cake, and if, if it didn't have dicks all over it, they probably would have made it. But the fact that it is a gay wedding cake and they disagree with gay marriage, I think that they're kind of in the right for that because it's not it's not at the business owner's responsibility to make themselves uncomfortable for the sake of a sale. Now, they may sink from it and they... I mean, that's perfectly within the confines of what should happen. I think that private businesses should have the opportunity to make decisions that will cause their company to fail. Okay, well, I honestly, I doubt that, you know, especially in the Deep South, I, I don't know exactly where this bakery was, but especially in the Deep South, you know, if a business was to openly discriminate against gay people, I really doubt that would do much to hurt their profit margin. But... Um, another point, when it comes to, you, you see, I don't see, like, if we enforce, if we force a business to make a wedding cake for a gay couple, I don't see w how is that a burden on the business itself? You know, how is it, you, you know what I mean? Like, 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 what is the business owner giving up? Oh, big deal. You had to make a cake for two people who you disagree with. So well, what? You have to look at the, the ideology of it. Now, I don't care if gays get married. I think the government should stay out of the bedrooms and the wedding mm -hmm. chapels. Um, with the... I think it was in the South. It, it sounds like something that would happen in the South. Oh, yeah, to be totally. With you. I'm, not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to straw man Southerners because I actually have only met in my time like two or three actually homophobic people. And I've been alive 24 years. Now, everyone's a little homophobic really? when they're... Really? I mean... Oh, it, oh, only three... Well, that might be a little hyperbolic. In Tennessee? That might be a little hyperbolic. I've, I've met at least 50, probably more. <laughs> well, it really depends on where you where you position yourself and who you position yourself around, too. Well, as someone who used to be an active churchgoer, I can tell you, I used to see a lot of homophobia on well, a regular basis. See, I, I'm still, or I try to be an active churchgoer because I am a Christian, but I I don't think it ever came up. That's that's the reason my number is so low is because it's not something that I've seen talked about a whole lot. Is um, uh, but back to the uh, let's yeah. not get too far off. Yes, yeah, back, back back to the business aspect of it. Whether or not it's ethical for the government to regulate a business in that manner, because this is really an ethical discussion. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do not think there is anything wrong. Because uh, let's be clear, in the United or really just any country, if you own a business the primary reason you are able to maintain that business is because the government, this is just basic capitalism. The government enforces your right to contract. Mm -hmm. You know, people are people act as if, oh, well, government shouldn't intrude on capitalism. Government creates capitalism by enforcing contracts. So if your business survives based on the fact that the government is actively enforcing your contract, if you can only <clears throat> conduct your business because I'm enforcing your contract, I should be able to put strings attached to it. Okay, I will enforce your right to contract in terms of this business, your right to property, but you have to use that property in an ethical manner, in a way that meets a basic standard of decency. And yeah. I would I would argue that a basic standard of decency would include not discriminating against gay people. That is an aspect I actually haven't thought about, and that's completely reasonable. Um, some part of me still... Even thinking of it from that lens, I still feel like government doesn't have the responsibility or the power to be a censor mechanism. 
to censor what happens or what people say. You can be put in jail for saying, like, I think it's like three different things. You can't uh, yell fire at a crowded theater. You can't say, hey, kill that guy. And you can't, uh, I think you can't target political officials or something with like super violent. Yeah. But something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the government, and I think when the government becomes a censorship mechanism, they're going to continue to grab for more and more power. So so you view it it from a slippery slope standpoint? Somewhat. Uh, The slippery slope is a logical fallacy. I know. That's exactly what I was about to say. I I, I know I hate the idea of like, oh, that's a slippery slope. It might lead to something more extreme. You're basically saying we shouldn't lower a 60 to a 50 because they might lower it to a 20 someday. That's (laughs) You know? I 100% agree. Um, That's the reason I'm hesitant to say it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. But in the history of the U.S. government, how many times have they gone for bigger power grabs? Uh, quite a few times. Exactly. So it's not necessarily a slippery slope. It's noticing a trend. I, I do feel like, though, you're overly concerned with the tyranny of government bureaucrats to the point where you're willing to overlook the tyranny of corrupt businesses. You know, tyranny exists in all forms, yeah, that both is, in the public and private that sector. That is true. It's just less important on a small scale business that probably makes ends meet, but that's about as far as it goes. It's significantly less important than a governing body. Mm-hmm. Um, and the back to the point earlier, uh, what discomfort it may cause to make the gay wedding cake. These people are Christian fundamentalists. They're the crazy, damn near Westboro Baptist folk. It's going to cause them tremendous stress and probably self hatred. But at the same time, reason. it would at the same time it would cause a gay couple a tremendous amount of stress. Even if you said, like they said, oh well, they can just get another cake. Yeah, but you're actively being denied a cake at this business because of a characteristic that you have no control over. That's like, you know, you go to McDonald's and they say, oh well, you're gay, so no, we're not going to give you a hamburger. Well, What's the big deal? Why don't you just go that, to Wendy's or Burger that King? That is an entirely different issue. Genuinely. How so? Um, because denying someone a, a product or a service or a good or whatever because they're gay is a lot more, I don't want to say violent, but a lot more blatant discrimination than saying, I don't agree with gay marriage. Therefore, I don't. Oh, okay. So you're saying that basically this was a... The gay wedding cake specifically pertained to the endorsement of... Of gay marriage. Gay marriage. Oh, yes. okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I'm not I mean, saying that McDonald's, for example, should be able to turn down someone for a McDouble because they're gay. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay. Oh, oh okay. I, under, I still disagree, but I do understand your point. To me, it all comes down to, you know, the my argument about contracts. You know, if the government's enforcing your contract, they have the right to put have strings attached to it like you have to conduct your business in an ethical manner and 100%. yeah and we both agree that and that is unethical to deny someone a wedding cake exactly i completely agree but i i mean i also agree that what is deemed as hate speech is awful you know i there is a big push to make certain words and certain phrases illegal like uh the f word not not fuck but the other one uh it's there's a big push to make that illegal, like a chargeable uh, offense. Uh, in what context? Using it. 
just like it just, just like, me just like me or you using it or a business actively like you know you walk in to talk to your manager about a job and they would say hey what's up f word you know well see because i mean yeah that's like that's basically creating a hostile workplace I would, environment i would say in both cases typically and you see this a lot things taken out of context look really bad um I would venture to say that if it, they could and it wouldn't be a direct breach of the Bill of Rights, it would be illegal to say it regardless but on some of the extremists. Like, for some of the extremists, they would want it completely illegalized. Lost my point entirely. I mean, yeah, but you can find conservative... I mean, I don't, I don't want to turn this into whataboutism, but, you know, you could also find conservatives who would say, yeah, I think it should be illegal to uh, not be a Christian, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I found my point. Sorry, I'm oh, you're a little scared. But, but right. okay, <laughs> but go, going on to other areas of the Trump administration, oh, you also... Let me finish this oh, thought yeah. real quick. Um, the reason I brought up censorship and freedom of speech laws is because although I believe that things that are deemed as hate speech are awful and I don't say them typically, I mean, like, if it's in a song... Who knows? But I don't use them in conversation. Um, doesn't mean that I think, you know, someone shouldn't be allowed to because it does fall with under your rights. I mean, as individuals, I would agree. But in terms of in the context of a workplace, you know, if you like the manager, because in the workplace, the power structure is quite a bit different than just walking up to a stranger and saying it. You know, you know, your livelihood depends on you working there. Yet at the same time, they are unnecessarily making it a hostile environment for no reason. It, are it, are it, we it, still talking about the gay wedding cake? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. We're talking about basically using uh, using slurs. You, you, yeah, using slurs in uh, workplaces towards employees. Yeah, definitely. I mean that that should obviously be. I mean, it's basically harassment. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. We have anti-harassment laws. That is a different scenario because when you're working in a private business, they can dictate what speech you use. If I walked in, I work at Walmart, for example. If I walked in and I was saying... Really, me these, too. All these different things that like that made people feel uncomfortable, they could fire me for it. That's not them going against the freedom of speech. That's them conducting their business in a way that they see fit. Yeah. And on the opposite hand, not making a gay wedding cake is conducting your business in the way you see fit. Now, I've already made it clear... If they shut down for it, they damn well deserve it. If they lose a tremendous amount of business for it, they deserve it. But they should still be allowed to roll the dice on it. Okay, well, I, unfortunately, I do have more to say about that, but I don't want to spend the entire time yeah. talking about it. On this one aspect, it's one of those unfortunate moments when you want to dig deeper yeah. into an issue, but, you know, the show has to move on. Well, but, I mean, maybe I'll be invited back. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> not. Just kidding, but uh, okay. He, he he just flipped me off. By the way, that is uh, that is ridiculous. I was over here reading my Bible like a good Christian boy. <laughs> but okay, when it comes to also the Trump administration, you argued that he did a lot of good for the economy. Well, when you look at the unemployment rate before he became president, it was plummeting under Obama because that is what happens after a recession. You know, the mm -hmm. unemployment tends to go free fall after a recession. And, you know, and you could make the argument that the Trump tax cuts, you know, 
added some stimulus to the economy. And, and there, is, there is some truth to that because when you run a budget deficit, by definition, it is going to add short-term stimulus. Mm-hmm. I would argue, though, my big problem with the Trump tax cut and the reason why it makes me pull my hair out, the idea that people think it was a, such a great thing, is because the money that went towards lowering taxes for corporations – that money would have been much more productively used in strengthening the social safety net and infrastructure, education, because not only would those things grow the economy, but they would make sure the income from that growth is more broadly distributed, more equally distributed. Yeah, and I don't really have a rebuttal for that. Um, I've come really far to even say that some taxation is okay. Because, you know, I used to be the type of guy that would be like, taxation is theft, the government has no right. (laughs) And now, obviously, that's idiotic because taxation is what keeps our roads running because, let's be real, the libertarian idea of a road system will never work. Mm -hmm. But... Oh my God! If we if we if we got rid of public funding for roads, the free market would kick in, and you would have a market incentive <clears throat> to develop instant cement, and no. people could just carry their instant cement around. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what we would have is a big increase in sale of all terrain. To summarize my disagreement with the Trump tax cuts and yeah. really any type of tax cuts for the wealthy in general. It really comes down to, yes, that does provide a stimulus to the economy, but I I strongly believe that money would have been much more productively used in terms of just redistributing that money, you know, the scary word, redistribute, to uh, lower income inequality. Because people people often say, oh, well, what's the big deal about income inequality? As long as you have less poor people, what's the deal? The problem with income inequality is – Income inequality effectively means that the gains of your economy are disproportionately concentrated among a smaller group of people. You know, when it comes to our economic growth, we want to get the most bang for our buck. We want the gains to, you know, assuming you assuming you care just a little bit about utilitarianism, you know, you want you want the gains to be broadly enjoyed by the masses. Mm-hmm. And income inequality does run counter to that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of just growing the economy, it would also be beneficial to like use that corporate tax money or that corporate the money that went towards the tax cut, you know, and use it to reduce to end malnutrition, use it for universal health care, and use it for you know universal housing possibly, because when people have a roof over their head, when they're well fed, and when they have health insurance, in the long term they are more productive as individuals. So you're also, in a way, doing the economy a service. But, yeah, but, but do you want to defend corporate tax cuts, or do you have anything else to say about that? Or I really don't. I just kind of hate taxation. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I have kind of a vendetta against, uh, against uh, some social services and the uh, massive distribution and the seemingly massive abuse of uh, certain social services that I don't know that it could, I don't know that I can convince myself that the government could use a uh, corporation's money better than the corporation could. I mean, what I will say, well, for one, I'm sure corporations, you know, mismanage a lot of their money that goes to the tax cut as well. But so I, I don't know, I find that when a, when the private sector abuses abuses money you know nobody says much but when a welfare recipient you know commits fraud in some way oh my god it's soviet union will 
be here in two years. But 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 when it comes to when it comes to welfare fraud, mm-hmm. and, and from what I've read, welfare fraud's really really small. But look, I mean, let's assume that it's like twenty percent. Let's yeah. just assume for the sake of argument. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably not twenty percent. No, to be I clear. mean, but, honestly, it, it's probably not. Yeah, but 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 even if it was twenty percent, I would say that twenty percent using it for fraudulent purposes would be a necessary evil if it means the other eighty percent who use it fairly have better lives. One hundred percent. Because overall, when you have a strong social safety net, unless it's horribly mismanaged, which mm-hmm. we're nowhere close to that, if you have a strong social safety net, you know that leads to happier societies. There is a reason why the Scandinavian countries in Northern Europe rank consistently rank among the most happiest countries on the planet. They mm-hmm. are. They understand the benefits of capitalism, but at the same time, they redistribute the wealth and they're not ashamed of it. Yeah. Well, um, one would use the word Robin Hood, but that's kind of a touchy subject now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I understand the benefit of social programs. I genuinely do. And I don't believe anyone deserves to starve or anyone deserves to go without heat. You know, everyone should be able to live comfortably. And why not tax the corporations to make sure we accomplish that? Did you hear those bells? You just schooled my ass. Oh, <laughs> oh what? No. Uh, you had courage to admit that, my friend. No, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, a, it's a topic that I haven't, and I will be the first to admit, I haven't thought yeah. about enough to even bring up. It's very high-level policy stuff, it was, so it's, it was ill-guided. It, it, it's, a, to, it's a forgivable offense. And it, it was ill-guided to even bring it up. That That's your one. You get one. Okay. The rest don't expect anything. Okay. Well, oh, another thing that I forgot to bring up about Trump's legacy that I really did like was... Nice pivot. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> his uh, his uh, uh, immigration reform. Because although oh, I believe... Yes, I love immigration. Okay, so although I believe anyone... As long as they're not a felon or things such as that, should be able to legally migrate to the country. I believe no one has the right to illegally do it. Is that, is that what you had to say? I mean, for the most part, I okay. figured we could tic tag. Okay. I, when it comes, to, there is a bipartisan agreement among both Democrats and Republicans. Yes, we should do something about illegal immigration. But it, it is problematic that you know we don't know exactly who comes into the country. That is problematic. The question is, how do you do it? There are two big, or yeah, I would say yeah, there are two big distinctions with how the Trump Republican Party and the Democratic Party would handle illegal immigration. The Trump Republican Party wants to build a wall, as well as increase border security to solve the problem. The Democratic objection to building a wall isn't that it secures the border. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, why don't you want to build a wall? Don't you want to secure border?" It yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, but we no, we can we can secure the border in a way that's more cost effective in a well, wall. You know, we, in 2013 we had the it was called the Gang of Eight because it was a mm-hmm. bipartisan Gang of Eight. Mm-hmm. The Gang of Eight Im- Immigration Reform Bill would have, according to. It wasn't ICE. It was some other agency that deals with border enforcement. It's escaping me. Now, regardless, but, you guys can look but, it up. But, but, but yeah, yeah, look it up. Don't, don't let us do all the work. Yeah, come on. But, Filthy but, 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 but <laughs> this agency projected that bor- illegal border crossings, if this bill passed, the, which would have increased border security, would have reduced illegal entries by 90%. 
That is huge. And mm -hmm. there's also, number two, there is another massive distinction between Republicans and Democrats on this issue, mm -hmm. or at least Trump Republicans, because I know some moderate Republicans are fine with this. Yeah. The Democrats, we believe it is crucial to offer a pathway to legal status for illegal immigrants who already live here. Because, yes, they came here illegally, but at the same time, they were trying to escape poverty, they already live here, and they already have found a better life. I personally consider it unethical to take that away from them when we can solve the problem without deporting them. See, I'm torn on this, because although I do have compassion for all humans or all living things, unless they taste good... Um, <laughs> I mean, if they didn't want to be eaten, they shouldn't be made out of food. But um, but uh, although I do have compassion for all humans, and deport deportation does sound like a really drastic, really inhumane thing. The the to dumb it down, it illegal immigration is a felony. Ah, dude, I'm pretty sure it's a misdemeanor. Is it? I know, I know. Okay, when it came to the uh, you know the family separation policy mm -hmm. that generated a lot of criticism, one of the big arguments was one of the big um, okay one of the big talking points against it was you're 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 separating children from their parents over a misdemeanor. So I'm pretty sure it's a misdemeanor. I'm gonna just so I know, he's fact checking it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fact checking because I think you're wrong. I'm just. It seems like it would I'm, be a felony. I, I, I am 60% confident. Okay. Okay, so it is a misdemeanor. I apologize. Oh. So it does not... So that, 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 that is 2-0. That, is <laughs> yeah, that, that blows up my entire argument because I, this whole time I was convinced it was I mean, a felony. Even, and even if it was a felony, <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily mean it should be a felony. Well, it doesn't mean it should, but I mean, neither, in my opinion, because I still have some libertari libertarian views, I don't think cocaine use should be a felony because it's something that you're putting in your own body willingly. I, I definitely think when it comes to drugs, we should focus, and this is probably one thing we both agree on, we should absolutely focus more on rehabilitation instead of mm -hmm. condemning these sick people to super long prison sentences. 100%. Because drug addiction is a horrible thing. I've seen firsthand how it destroys people. Mm -hmm. And not only does it destroy their lives, it can destroy their minds as well mm -hmm. because there's only so many times you can smoke crack before the brain starts to get a little soft. Yes. Um, I 100% believe we should focus on rehabilitation uh, instead of... I, I believe dr all drugs should be decriminalized. Not that you should be able to go to Walmart and pick up a bindle of crack. Yeah, but they should be decriminalized because you're not you're not accomplishing anything by throwing the crack addict in jail. Replace long pr replace prison sentences with uh, mandatory oh, rehab. That's another thing that Trump did that I bet the First Step Act. Yeah, hey, I, 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 I think credit where credits due. I'm not I'm not I'm not a partisan hack. You know, if I if a Republican does something I like, I mean even Rusty Grills who. <laughs> I have a pretty unsavory view of for anyone who know anyone who follows my Facebook. But even Rusty Grills, he supported legislation that would make it where you wouldn't have to okay, if you were arrested for something and if you if your property was confiscated due to the arrest, and then once you were proven innocent, you currently have to pay a fine. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's like a three hundred dollar fine. Mm -hmm. He would eliminate that fine if you were proved innocent. 
Which, yeah, if you're innocent, give me my property back. Yeah, you know? exactly. Don't make me pay a fine. And so, so yeah, credit where credit's due. I yeah. will give Republicans credit and where I agree with them. But I, I do agree with the First Step Act. I think that was a yeah. good I mean, step in the right direction. Mandatory minim- minimums are just an idiotic idea. Yeah. Because by throwing someone in jail for using a narcotic, mm-hmm. you're not doing them any type of service. You're going to cause them to go through extreme withdrawals that in a rehabilitation center would be able to be monitored and controlled to some extent. Uh, It's kind of ridiculous that we take something, even marijuana, because in Tennessee, marijuana is not legal even for medicinal purposes. Looking at you, Bill Lee. (laughs) Um, I want to say I don't do any drugs. Like, any drugs. Caffeine is my Thing. I freebase caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Me too. But um, as I'm sipping a monster right now, yeah, for sure. Um, but that doesn't change that I would like to see mandatory minimums be getting r- rid of. Eventually, seeing drug all drugs decriminalized. Yeah, but on the topic of mandatory minimums, I do think it does curtail. Um, I, I do think it curtails a very important component of the criminal justice system, and that is ju- judge discretion. You know, the ability of a judge to, like, look at an individual, judge someone as an individual. You know what? The piece of paper says you should get this sentence, but you seem, you know, relatively not dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, there's a big difference in the person that uh, prostituted themselves for their drug yes. and someone who stabbed someone for their drug. Yeah. The person who prostituted themselves for drugs, they they went to just as much of a desperate place as the person who stabbed someone, but they chose to do something that's not as self-destructive. Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm not in favor of legalization of prostitution. Uh for different reasons we don't have to get into it yeah that's yeah that's that's too big of that, a topic. that'll be our season finale yeah for sure um but back to the trump administration one mate i would say this is part of the aspect of a trump administration that i dislike the most his i would say i take issue with his climate policy policy on climate change but the fact is he, he didn't even have a climate change policy. That so, didn't. I mean, the, the fact that he was completely setting on his hands, get on the entire thing, even said, oh, even like kind of questioned the climate science. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, I believe uh, White House websites under his watch purposely, <laughs> the words climate change mm-hmm. were, you know, in, were removed. Yeah. So, well, I mean, but yeah. what, what do you think of his over? Or just Republic, the Republican Party in general. What do you think of how they pertain to climate change? Well, this I'm an outlier on, and uh, I, I don't, I don't line up with the party very well on this issue because obviously climate change is an issue. Obviously, humans are doing something to expedite the process of the heating and cooling of the Earth. Well, heating at the moment because we're kind of overdue for a really really hot period yeah but it's not i think we need to make the distinction between someone who says obviously humans are doing something but the earth is naturally going to do this we're just speeding it up and the person who says the earth is naturally going to do this humans aren't doing anything to cause it that's the difference between someone who can accept fact and someone who does no research yeah um, I'm in the boat of humans are doing something to cause it, and it's carbon emissions. 
I, I know you don't know much about the policy, but it, but I will I, I will I promise you that survey many surveys have been conducted. Most economists on both the left and the right support a carbon tax to reduce climate change. And, and a lot of people were like, a lot of people are of the opinion, oh, well, if we implement a carbon tax, you, you know, that would hurt the little guy. And a carbon tax would hurt the little guy if you didn't compensate them. The idea of a carbon tax that is universally endorsed by economists is you tax carbon, you use that revenue to give dividends to lower income people. Mm -hmm. So basically you're comp you're, you're driving up the price of harmful forms of energy, but at the mm -hmm. same time you're redistributing that revenue to compensate the people who are negatively affected. See, w would you, would you be down for that? That's an aspect that I, I, I've talked about a carbon tax with several people before, but it's an aspect that never came up that there would be compensation for the little guy. See, like, I wouldn't be affected by a carbon tax. I think it was, like, uh, cars that, gasoline cars that are under, like, 20 miles a gallon or something like mm -hmm. that would be taxed pretty heavily. My car gets, like, 28, so I wouldn't be affected by it. But I am looking at buying a truck, for example, that's mm -hmm. probably going to get, like, 16 to 18 miles a gallon, if I'm lucky, uh, that that would definitely affect me. For example, like... If you look at like a pickup truck that has big tires and stacked up and has for some reason the loudest exhaust pipes you've ever heard in your life, the gas mileage on that's going to be like somewhere between 10 and 15. You'd probably be taxed at a ridiculously high amount. Uh, that sounds really wrong, but I had not been introduced to the idea of paying it back to the person who, you know, doesn't have... Uh, skin in the game politics and yeah. corporations and whatnot. Now, a carbon tax on corporations, I don't know that I wouldn't support. Um, I would have to look into the exact numbers and stuff before I would say that. But as long as there are repercussions, or not repercussions, uh, reparations for the person who is hurt by the carbon tax, it just takes money out of their pocket that they might not have yeah. had in the first place then I think I would be in favor of that. Because, I mean, we all have to live here. As much as Elon Musk wants to get to Mars, we all saw that test video of the first <laughs> thing. If the dude was in that, the billionaire that's going up there, was in that thing, he would not be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to be a good long while before we can colonize anything else, so we might as well yeah. take steps to take care of what we have. Mm -hmm. All right. Give me a high five on that. Yeah, right in with Biden. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, is there any other aspect of a Trump administration you would like to either praise or criticize him for? Um, I said that he was an asshole. I said that I liked his immigration idea. Oh, one thing I would like to bring up is I'm not convinced a wall would work either because I watch a show called Adam Ruins Everything. And he brought up an aspect that is not talked about in the wall plan at all. Going under. They forgot planes exist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it is unbelievably easy to get a passport. I think it's like $20 to get a passport yeah. in the U.S. I don't know what it would be in a, a different country. And to get over here and to just not come back. Now, to make it less suspicious, you would probably have to buy a round-trip ticket and just eat the cost of the second half of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, a wall is not going to work against a plane. <laughs> All it right. would have to be a damn high wall. All right, Republicans against walls. Hashtag. <laughs> no, but <laughs> don't quote me on any of this. I'll start a campaign with your picture on it. 
<laughs> I'll sue your ass off. Oh, gonna counsel me. <laughs> but okay, aside from the Trump administration, one thing me and Gage have been talking about that we've both been very interested in recently is the whole issue of transgenderism. What what where do you stand on the whole concept? Um basically I I don't want to sound like a bigot because I don't have any disdain for trans people. I'm not a bigot, but... No, (laughs) shut up. They're going through something that I can't even begin to comprehend, something that I'm sure is very mentally harmful. So I have nothing but sympathy for them. With that said, (laughs) I do have... I do have apprehension about the normalization of it because I view it as the same thing as if we normalized other, uh, I don't want to say mental illness because it, it sounds mean, but it genuinely is gender dysphoria. Dysphoria is a mental illness. But if we normalized other things like that, like say we normalize schizophrenia, where I hate to bring up Ben Shapiro because I know how you feel about him. I tend to like the guy, but uh, like when he said he had an uncle that had like schizophrenia or something like that, and he said they got him on lithium, they got him under control, it would have been unbelievably harmful to say, no, you definitely do hear the raccoons talking. Like, you do hear someone in your house. So, by all means, if you're over the age of 18, I 100% support any step you want to take toward being the person you want to be. It's I would be a hypocrite because I believe in self-improvement the way you see fit. Like, I'm not a big gym guy. I'm a big guy who tends to go to the gym sometimes. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let, me, let me stop you on the schizophrenia thing. There's a big difference between telling someone that raccoon is actually there and telling someone that their gender identification is valid. Okay. The, the difference is a person who is, you know, a person who identifies as a sex that it, or who identifies with the gender that isn't their mm-hmm. biological you sex. You mix them. Yeah, shut up. But, no, the difference is... A trans person will never tell you. They will. A trans person will never deny their biological sex. If you walked up to a trans person, assuming it's something they would be comfortable talking about, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you. They're, they're not going to deny what they their, what their biological sex is. Mm-hmm. When they ask you to call them by the pronoun they identify as, they are referring to that in the context of not their sex, but their gender, which is what they identify as. It's the context that matters. I don't think we have enough time to get into this debate, but you know the only mainstream dictionary that classifies gender and sex as the same thing as Woke Webster, right? Ah, uh, dude, I, I strongly do not think that is true. I've I've fact checked this before, and I recall from. If, in fact, you can Google gender right now if you want. For sure. Yeah, we're googling gender. Uh, I can't remember what it was. A more accredited uh, dictionary that viewed or defined them a 2020 version of an accredited dictionary that defined them as the same thing. Uh, I don't even know. But even then, as he's looking that up, even then, you know, when a trans person asks you to call them by their pronouns, they are not saying, they are not asking you to deny their biological sex. They are asking you to call them their pronoun in the context of what they identify Mm -hmm. as. 
I, I, I'm complete because if if someone identifies as a you know okay I'm gonna use myself as an example if I identify as a woman and if I call myself a woman in that context that is a fact it is a fact that I identify as a woman yeah and see my thing is and another thing so that, so why not respect that that's well, my question well see that's the thing this is something that I would get tarred and feathered for by the Republican Party. I've been thinking a lot about this, and I used to be your straw man Republican where you're like, well, it's based on what's in your pants. So I'm going to call you he if you got a wiener, and if you got a giner, I'm going to call you she. I'm not like that anymore. I did some really deep looking inside myself, and I just don't care. I do not care. If you want to be called he or she when you're not, I don't care. Like, if you're not physically. One thing I can't necessarily get behind is the non-binary thing. I won't call you they. That is just grammatically incorrect. But if someone doesn't identify as either gender, that is true. Then they identify as nothing and get no rights. What? No, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm he's, joking. He's kidding. I, no. thought, I, thought, I thought he was... I thought his inner Genghis Khan was coming out. <laughs> no, no. No. Um, my question with that is what do you identify as? Because... It, Humans are male or female, and you can define that whether it's based on genitalia or whether it's based on how they feel on the inside. You can't be neither. There is no third option. If you identify as neither, though, in the context of what you identify as, you are non-binary. Again, if I say I'm non-binary, I'm not denying the fact that I'm a biological male. I'm simply saying, you know what? In terms of how I view myself, I don't view myself as either male or female. I just view myself as, well, you know, just a just a gender-neutral entity. I don't, about, you know, I don't know what to say about that because neither of us are non-binary. Gee, it's, it, it's almost as if the right's making a mountain out of a mohill. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> no, um, my, my thing about that is I'm going to refer to someone typically as the gender they look most like. I mean, that's what most people do. Yeah. When, when, we, don't know, when we don't know who the person is. And if you ask me to call, like for you example, if you wanted to identify as non-binary, I'm still going to call you he because you look like a dude. You got Everyone have a confession to make? Top. No. Yeah, he has a confession to make. make. Um, uh, another thing about the normalization of transgenderism is there was an executive order passed. This seems like this is going to be the administration of executive orders um, to allow trans individuals in the sport of their gender that they feel most like. That means I could walk into a... Uh, female MMA thing like I could enroll in a female MMA match or whatever and all I have to do 10 minutes before is say nope I'm a girl oh, I could okay. walk in there with a beard and m dress like a dude I could have my shirt off if I wanted to okay so you're arguing that it's unfair to let biological males participate in women's sports even if I identify as a woman because of genetic advantages that males have Yes, and not because I know you're going to bring up hormone adjustments and whatnot. That is not necessary under this new uh, executive order. Like I said, 10 minutes before, no, bio, uh, no uh, hormone therapy at all. I could walk in there and I could beat the shit 
out of some girl who's just trying to learn MMA. But you could make the same argument about many biological women in the MMA in terms of having a genetic a genetic advantage because the women who the women who participate in MMA okay. genetically a lot of them are not your your average They're, woman. A lot of them are like it's specially built for fighting. Okay, that is true, but there is a big difference in the amount of testosterone in a woman with high testosterone, which is what you normally see in the fighting competitions and sports and whatnot, and a man who naturally has his own testosterone and who can actually increase his testosterone a lot easier than a woman can. Can you do a fact check for me? Could could you look up how like just some somehow put this into a question if you can? How successful are uh, how successful are trans people in sports? Like, is it there? Is there like has it been, has there been demonstrated to be an unfair advantage, uh, or like a disproportionate amount of victories? While I'm looking this up, I can tell you there was this Swedish uh, bodybuilder mm-hmm. or powerlifter back in 2018. I want to say who identified as a woman 10 minutes before a lifting competition, broke the female deadlift world record, and then went back to identifying as a man. So his name is on the record books as breaking the world record, and it'll probably never be broken because it was something ungodly that I couldn't imagine lifting if I worked out every day, eight hours a day. Uh, Trans people in sports. Uh, There is... Do trans athletes have an advantage? In 2017, systematic review of related literature reported that there there is no direct or comprehensive evidence that transgender women women having an athletic advantage over their... Oh, cisgender. I've never read cisgender before. I was like, what is this word? Cisgender, yeah. Cisgender. Yeah, I've never read it before. I've said it, but never read it. Um, Do you need a definition? No, no, okay. I understand okay. cisgender. Uh, uh, cisgender counterparts at any stage of transition, cross-sex hormones, or sex reassignment surgery due to lack of quantitative research. It's lack of quantitative research. So there hasn't been enough to say if there's an advantage. Uh, don't you think it's worth testing, though? It's 100% worth testing in a controlled environment. That's I don't a- believe that we could we should strip Ronda Rousey of her titles by putting her up against Brock Lesnar in a dress. Because, let's be real, Ronda Rousey's a badass. I would hate to run into her and piss her off. Brock Lesnar could beat her to death with his finger. Yeah, but how are you going to test it if it's not legal? Hey, let's find a middle ground. Let's find a middle ground. Well, let me just say this. It doesn't have to be legal for the government to test with it. MKUltra showed us that with LSD. You know about MKUltra? Yeah. The government can test things such as that, and they can get clearance to test things such as that. Even though it's not legal for your average citizen doesn't mean it's not legal for the government. For example, there's special agents that have license to kill on site. That is, that's the difference between government and everyday person. I think the government should have free reign on testing whatever they want as long as it doesn't, you know, like, as long as it's not like a Freudian experiment where Mm -hmm. they fuck up a kid's life and the kid ends up killing himself at 20. Like, the government should test these things. They Mm -hmm. should find out. And if they find out after extensive testing that that's the case, both pre-hormone uh, therapy, post-hormone therapy, 
pre-sexual reassignment, post-sexual reassignment? I think there is an elephant in the room we're overlooking, though, in terms of a potential work around this problem. Okay, let's assume that biological men have unfair people who, you know, are biological males have unfair advantages when it comes to. Well, you're talking about higher bone density, higher muscle density. Yeah, but but um, okay, but what if we reorganized it into a gender neutral system? Where in, instead of determining people, okay, males go here, females go here, we just had like a comprehensive tier list. Okay, okay, you're bo- okay. You have greater levels of bone density. Okay, that's a point. Four, that's three points or something like that. You're you're six foot five. That's three points. Let me ask you this though: your arms can reach this far. That's how do you, amount of points. How do you test bone density? Because that is the biggest thing in fighting. I think there's a way to test bone density because when it comes to medicines, I know there are a lot of medicines that do have negative side effects on bone density, so surely well, they're discovering it somehow. Typically with medicines that say they affect bone density, they can cause brittle bone. It's very easy to diagnose brittle bone. It's hard to tell the difference of whose bones are stronger, mine or yours, until one of them breaks. Uh, I'm not even going to look it up. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, don't know, I mean, but, but if there was a way to create a comprehensive tier list, would you be up for that? Um, kind of, but it's going to hurt a lot of feelings too, because look at Serena Williams. It also hurts feelings though to make people compete in a faction they don't identify as. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, look at like Serena Williams, for example, Mm -hmm. the greatest female tennis player in history. You put her in the tier list of every professional tennis player in history. She lines up in the fifties. Like, and that's not to say men are better at sports. I don't know if they are. I don't watch sports. I don't give a shit about sports. I give a shit about women getting their shit beaten out of them. Yeah, but if the women would get disproportionately beat by the men, I would assume the people in the higher tier list would be probably predominantly made up of men. Let's assume that. And then you would have the lower tier list. It would be predominantly women. And you think the Third Reich feminist would allow that to happen? The high tier list is made up all of men. This is no, no. I, th- I, I think the idea. I think third wave, not third right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think. I, I think the idea of gender abolitionism or things that move closer to that. I think most feminists would be on board with that. I don't feel. I know there's a lot of crossover between feminists and but people the thing who is, are pro The difference in the genetic makeup. I don't think it would. I don't think it would change much, because like. Like I've said, Ronda Rousey's a hell of a lot stronger and a lot tougher than me, but put her in the ring with almost any MMA fighter, not so much. Or any male MMA fighter. They're just capable of getting stronger. They're capable of having more dense bones, harder to break. They can handle a lot more abuse. Hmm. Um, well, maybe at some point we can readdress this topic. Unfortunately, our time's about to run out, um, and I-, I see it. And I got work soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot so, about work. So, yeah, yeah, labor's a thing because a greedy capitalist. Yeah, but God forbid we create the greatest economic system the world's ever seen. Yeah, no, right. Uh, yeah, property is theft. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I'm a capitalist. I'm a, I'm a sock dem. I'm a social democrat. But when it comes to... Yeah, dude, I, I think it was... I had a lot of fun having you on. I love our clashes and our disagreements i did too man um i 
I feel like we didn't get to cover quite as much because we went on for quite a while about Trump's legacy. Because, yeah. to be honest with you... It's a big legacy. Yeah, he's not the president it's, anymore. It's tremendous. Biden, Biden stole the election, so he's not the president anymore. Clarify, but you don't actually believe that. I, yeah, I was about to. I don't actually okay. believe. There were some irregularities, but every election has irregularities. The people who are saying, oh... Uh, vote, you, voter irregularity. Look at any election. Yeah, yeah if you want to, if you want to get rid of voter fraud, if you just want to get voter fraud to zero, then just don't have elections. Yeah, right? honestly. <laughs> yeah, good which, idea. Which would be unacceptable. Good idea, you know, American. Yeah, but yeah. Any last words, dude? Um, dog. <laughs> I knew I was gonna catch shit for that. Um, no, uh, I think that wraps everything up that we have time to say because. Uh, you got to get to work. Uh, yeah. Did you have fun on this podcast? I did, actually. I don't get to have a lot of like long, long-run conversations about politics because my wife doesn't care anything about politics, oh. and she gets mad at me if I try to bring it up because I do get kind of heated sometimes. I relate uh, to that. Yeah. Wink. I love you, babe. <laughs> Dude, don't talk to my fucking wife that way. No, not your wife. My gal pal. I know. I'm messing with you. Um, but yeah, no, I had a freaking great time, and... We're going to have to do this again, whether or not you want to record it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring extra sensor bars for you. But <laughs> but, but yeah. take, take care, guys, and we will see you. Well, we you guys will hear us next time. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. This is Richard from We Talk Issues. <laughs>